This Marketplace podcast is supported by Invest Puerto Rico. Build the future in paradise. Puerto Rico, a hub for innovators brimming with world-class talent and a thriving entrepreneurial ecosystem. Learn more at investpr.org backslash marketplace today. All right, Juan Carlos, are you ready? Let's Kimberly, you ready? Bam. 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 <laughs> Hey everybody, I'm Kai Rizdal. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. And I am Kimberly Adams. Thank you for joining us on this Monday. And woof, what a weekend in mm-hmm. terms of news mm-hmm. in our bailiwick, as it were. Uh, so we're going to dive into the news fix, which I imagine is pretty obvious. And then we're going to talk about a story or two that will make us smile. The same story that was Friday it continues, got more interesting <laughs> over the weekend. Go ahead, Kai. Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, so I had, we had Sadiq Reddy on Marketplace this afternoon, and Sadiq pointed out that it was 15 years ago, almost this very week, in fact, maybe this very week, that Bear Stearns was rescued by the Federal Reserve and J.P. Morgan and the greater financial infrastructure of this economy. And it's just like bizarro land that, first of all, it's 15 years ago. Are you kidding me? But number two, uh, that we're a little bit back here again, um, which is sort of the story you did for the show this afternoon. But it's amazing to me, uh, uh, number one, that that, as I said, that that was 15 years ago, but also uh, that that it's happened again that something like this has happened again. It's kind of wild. Yeah, although the origins of it seem to be so much different. Like, you know, the mortgage-backed securities that brought down the banking sector, I think that the sort of lack of VC funding and the bond issues that brought down this particular couple of banks are not nearly as systemic and baked into the broader economy as mortgages. So, you know, but of course there's contagion and there's fear. Yeah. (laughs) And contagion and fear. Right. And and this is not that. And look, your your spot this afternoon was all about um, how it was allowed to happen. And the way it was allowed to happen was that 10 years after the crisis— Right in 2018, we backed down some of those Dodd Frank regulations, and mm-hmm. lo and behold, here we are. And look, there are many, many stories yet to be written and aired about regulatory failures here, and and why weren't California? Because it's a state chartered bank, right? SVB was a state mm-hmm. chartered bank. Why weren't California state regulators looking at their interest rate risk? Right? Why weren't they keeping a closer eye on that? And we don't know right now. Uh, but regulation is a key part of this story, but it is absolutely true that this is not that. This is not 2008. But still, it makes you go, man, are you kidding me? And one of the folks I talked to today who actually doesn't blame this on the Dodd-Frank rollback was saying that the Federal Reserve actually still has some tools to keep an eye on mm-hmm. banks and, and should have seen this coming. Um, but, of course, there's all there's a lot of blame game happening. So Biden this morning yeah. and Elizabeth Warren in her op-ed at the New, in the New York Times blamed it on deregulation and the rollback of these Dodd-Frank era rules where if you haven't had a chance to listen to the show yet. Under Dodd-Frank, if you were a bank bigger than $50 billion in assets, you were subject to additional scrutiny. 
And then in 2018, under the Trump administration, uh, they passed a law that bumped up that cap to $250 billion, meaning that uh, banks like Silicon Valley Bank, whose CEO, by the way, lobbied heavily (laughs) on this Mm -hmm. bill, uh, happened to come in just under that cap so that they didn't have that extra oversight. However, in the category they were in, they federal regulators did have the discretion to subject them to that additional oversight if they felt it was necessary. So they right. could have. It's just mandatory for the bigger ones in this category, they could have done it, they didn't. So that's one piece of it. But I'm so fascinated by sort of how the blame is shifting around. So Barney Frank sat, who, of mm-hmm. the Dodd-Frank <laughs> legislation, of, sat of on the Frank, board, yeah. uh, <laughs> yes, sat on the board of the uh, Signature Bank, which is the one in New York that uh, just got shut down. And he's saying it's not the rollback that is responsible for this, that it was their crypto exposure and that these are different and that they don't need increased regulations, which is so funny because the guy who pushed for bank regulations is saying they don't need more bank regulations. Whereas Warren is out here blaming the deregulatory agenda. And Mm -hmm. this is going to be one of these things that will be absolutely be a talking point. And I'm sorry to start talking about this now in the 2024 campaign. Right. This is going to be in all the GOP ads about, you know, bank failures under Biden. And so the Democrats are already working on their messaging in terms of whose fault it was. And deregulation is a nice point to point, you know, a nice thing to point to in an ad saying, you know, because Trump rolled back the regulations, that's why we have a banking Mm -hmm. failure, as opposed to, you know, the some federal agency fell down on the job. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And uh, yeah, and I think we ought to just say here for the record that you're going to see a lot of Republicans and already have seen them, Ron DeSantis uh, among them, (laughs) saying that this bank was too preoccupied with, oh, and the Wall Street Journal editorial page, too. Um, uh, this bank was too preoccupied with DEI and wokeness uh, hmm. to keep an eye on what they were supposed to be doing. And, and let me just say that that's BS, that that's just hooey, that that's just... Yeah, it is. Yeah, it that's is. That's just uh. deeply, deeply cynical political garbage. Anyway, go ahead. I, I wouldn't say cynical is the word we're looking for there. <laughs> no, but but we don't want to get that E rating, so, you know. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Right, um, what else you got? Uh, So there's an interesting op-ed in The Hill because one of the other things that's going on right now that we're not paying that much attention to because of the big giant explosion, implosion of banks, um, is that Biden, the Biden administration, the representatives from the various federal agencies are on The Hill and giving press conferences, sort of unpacking what their section of the budget proposal looks like. So Space Force wants more money and everybody Mm -hmm. wants more money. Now – We know that not all of this is going to happen because Congress holds the power of the purse. But there's an op-ed in The Hill about Pentagon funding and military spending. And the budget request for fiscal year 2024 for the Pentagon alone, not including, you know, um, nuclear weapons, the Department of Energy and other things, $842 billion, right? That's a whole Mm. lot of money. And a lot of it doesn't necessarily get the same level of scrutiny that other spending programs do. And so um, William Hartung, who wrote this opinion piece, points out that there are a lot of systems and projects and, you know, big 
planes and bombers and ships that the Pentagon has said they don't want anymore. And it doesn't work for the way that the military operates today. But because of lobbying, because a lot of these things are built in very key districts and because of vested interests, members of Congress are unwilling to stop funding these programs because there are people and businesses and groups that have a vested interest in like providing the maintenance on a broke down bomber for the next 20 years. And, you know, as much as we wring our hands about not finding funding for things, it is it amazes me that there are programs and projects that the, our military says we don't need these or want these anymore and yet we're still paying mm-hmm. for them. Mhm. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. What's your other thing? There you go. Well, my other thing is I mean it's it's not newsy, it's more of a feature piece in the uh, in the Washington Post. It's an amazing oh, I saw story. This about erosion on the Outer Banks of North Carolina and one very specific island. And it's the reason it caught my eye was there was a graphic about the, the um, rise of sea level on this little strip of nothingness sand, no pejorative mm-hmm. intent. I mean, it's a strip of, strip of sand out in the middle of nowhere off the, off the Outer Banks. Um, and what's that, what that's doing, and the houses collapsing and the water coming in, it's wild. It's just wild. And it's analogous to the story that Amy did out of, out of uh, Louisiana a number of weeks ago uh, for how we survive. It's, this, the climate is coming for us, man. The climate is coming for us. It's wild. Yeah, and people still buy these houses. It's I know. astonishing to me. But that graphic is really impressive. It, lo- it yep. m- maps out the shoreline in 1946, uh, 1980, 1852, 2002, and 2020. And it's just it's going back and back and back. Um, wow. And there's a really cool, yeah. sad, of course, video of a house literally falling into the ocean mm-hmm. and being carried out to sea. Yep. Yep. Put it on the show. All right. Anyway, there you go. Let's smile. All right, I got nothing today, so you're going to have to carry the burden because there was nothing that caught my eye, and honestly, I'm a little grumpy today anyway. So, you know. That's okay. It's a Monday. That's normal. Um, Did you watch the Oscars over the weekend? I did, sort of in and out, you know, walking walking back and forth in front of the TV. But yeah, yeah. What do you think? Uh, I, so I happened to see Kiwi Kwan's acceptance speech, which was amazing, uh, mm. for, um, uh, everything everywhere all at once, which you, you mm-hmm. had pointed out his career trajectory like 10 days yeah. or so ago. And that was kind of amazing. Uh, and also, um, uh, Michelle Yeoh's, which was great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, I didn't watch it cause I just don't. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, thought it was just so interesting to wake up and look at the, you know, just the sweep. And it's it's a great movie. I really enjoyed it. And it was so different. And, you know, I love the fact that a good movie actually gets a chance and that, you know, racism doesn't yeah. block people from, well, always block people from getting the success that they deserve. And so it was really nice to see that film and those actors win so much uh, at the Oscars. So that made me smile. And I also watched the performance from that Triple R movie. Um, it makes me want to actually watch oh, the movie. Oh, uh, the oh, Indian the film? song, the RRR? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Like the yeah. dance How about was that amazing. Song? And that's, that, that dance number was amazeballs. It was, cr- it was yes. great. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah no. I I, I want to like go and watch the movie now after just seeing that dance number. <laughs> and and then did, did um, you see the guy come and do his acceptance speech? No, I didn't. Huge fan of the Carpenters, apparently, this guy. Sort of a okay. upper middle-aged Indian guy. And he sang his acceptance speech in, oh, what was the song? We've only just begun to live. That Carpenter song? He did that, Aww. except change the lyrics to his, his uh, you know, talking about his movie. It was great. It was great. It was great. Aw, that's so great. nice. I'll go yeah. back and watch it. Yeah. it was super, um, fun. super fun. I'm still trying to find the video of Lady Gaga apparently, like, rescuing somebody who fell down on the red carpet, like a photographer, like, fell out, and she, like, ran over in her evening gown to help him up. <laughs> Um, all right. My other make me smile. I'm doing in advance because I know tomorrow is the deep dive and we don't have make me smiles on deep dive day. So in case anybody wasn't aware, tomorrow, March 14th is a very special day. And no, I'm not talking about Pi Day. I'm talking about St. Louis Day because our area code is 314. <laughs> And so I've included an article from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch with a variety of ways that you can celebrate St. Louis Day, including different snacks and foods and, you know, listen to some Nelly. There you go. And Scott Joplin. There you go. And Scott Joplin. That's true. That's true. Yeah. All right. Cool. So this weekend, we actually passed the 10% mark on our goal for our March fundraiser. So thank you to everybody who helped us get there. And it's also, you know, this weekend, the three-year anniversary of the World Health Organization marking the start of a pandemic, which has been hard for all of us. Um, but we've had Make Me Smart and Kai and Molly and now Kai and me helping us all get through it. And so I do hope that because Make Me Smart and Marketplace have, you know, shown up for you all, that you all will be able to show up for us if you are able. Uh, your donation will help us get, you know, from 10% to 100%. Just like one extra zero makes a lot of difference. Uh, and we have a $150,000 goal this week so that we can keep planning for the future and bring you more amazing content uh, across all of our platforms. So you can donate now at uh, marketplace.org slash give smart of of course, of course, we'll have the link in the show notes. If you are able, we would be grateful. You would indeed. You would indeed. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Make Me Smart is produced by Courtney Bergseeker. Today's program was engineered by Juan Carlos Torado. Ellen Rolfus writes our newsletter, and our intern is Antonio Barreras. Marissa Cabrera is the acting senior producer of this podcast. Bridget Bodner is the director of all podcasts. Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital and on demand. So there's the hierarchy of who's in charge. Bridget is the director of everything, everywhere, all at once. That's right. Oh, snap. That was very good. <laughs> yes. That was very yes. good. Thank you. Well Thank done, you. my friend. Well done. It's all about the segues on this podcast. Thank you. Thank podcast. you.